If y'all didn't quite get it, let me say it again. I'm here to stay. Three, two, one. Oh, my goodness. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today is Monday, July 2nd. It's over. It's over. I'm so happy. I'm so happy it's done. Guess what? So for weeks and weeks, we've heard speculation about LeBron James. And the truth is, there's not been any news. We've heard about it. We've heard, like, all kinds of opinion, all kinds of speculation. We haven't had any actual news about LeBron James until last night. And so that's why I think it's very obvious where we need to start today. LeBron James is going to the Los Angeles Lakers. And it's not shocking But it's the biggest story in the world. LeBron James signed a four-year deal worth $154 million with the LA Lakers. And and you know what's crazy? I said a couple days ago, this would be the biggest story in the world. It would be LeBron James at the Lakers is not just a sports story. It's a global story. It's a story people in China care about. And it's funny. I, I was right. I'm seeing people I didn't even know cared about sports posting about this story. My friend's mom, my aunt, my cousin. I'm like, I didn't even know you knew who LeBron James was, let alone you're excited he's going to the Lakers? What? Everybody's excited. I don't know anybody who's upset about LeBron joining the Lakers, unless you're a Philadelphia 76ers fan. Um, There's lots of excitement. But another thing to worth noting, you need to be very aware of a date. July 6th. Nothing is set in stone until July 6th. And, and there, are, there are all these, you know, free agent stars committing to teams. The truth is nothing is set in stone. Everything free agents are doing is just verbal until July 6th when they can actually sign on a piece of paper because you cannot sign NBA contracts until July 6th. And here's what I think is most interesting about LeBron James going to the Los Angeles Lakers. Everybody's going to talk about LeBron today. I actually don't really care about LeBron James. I, I'm excited. We, I, I figured he was going to go to LA. You did. I did. We all kind of thought he's probably going to LA. Here's what's interesting about LeBron James going to the Lakers, though. It's the fact that Paul George did not decide to come with him. And Paul George decided not to go to the Lakers. And before you say, oh, but Zach, Zach, you don't realize Paul George made his decision before LeBron James made his I don't believe that for a second. I, I I just don't buy it. I'm sure they were talking. I'm sure there was some dialogue between them. Come on. We all have known, by the way, LeBron James is probably going to the Lakers for months. So to say, oh, Paul George made up his mind before LeBron. Yeah, okay, by a couple hours. It was announced before LeBron's. That doesn't really mean anything. So uh, I guess the truth is this. LeBron James decided to stay in Oklahoma rather than go to the Lakers, presumably with LeBron James. And let me ask you a question. Is it easier to stay or is it easier to go? I know a lot of people, they have gone to school far, far away to chase their dreams. They want to be a journalism student. They travel eight hours to go to school rather than take classes at the local college. Or or a better example is one of my best friends is joining the Air Force. He's worked at a movie theater for years, the same one I worked at. He's a manager. He has a ton of perks. He's got a a fairly solid life. But one of my best friends wants to reach for more. He's joining the Air Force. They're going to pay for his med school. He's going far away, and he's chasing more. He's taking a step towards a better life. I'm proud of my friend. Uh, And and the truth is, there are people that are in their 30s and 40s working at a movie theater that never left. They settled. They never 
reached for more. And I hate to say it, but Paul George settled. Paul George took the easy way out. It's easy to stay in one place. It is hard to reach for more. It is hard to move yourself. It is hard to go after a better life. Here's the difference between Oklahoma City and the Los Angeles Lakers. If you play for the Lakers, if you play with LeBron James, there are high expectations. In Oklahoma City, there's not the same level of expectation. There's hope. They hope you win. But the truth is, people in Oklahoma City are just happy that Paul George stayed. Paul George didn't have to do anything to become a hero in Oklahoma City. And playing with LeBron's a lot of pressure. I mean, it just seems like to me, Paul George bowed out. He took the money. He took the money and ran. And I, I get that. I understand. Because here's the, the situation with Paul George is Oklahoma City was able to offer him a fifth year. It's a four-year deal with a, a fifth-year option. So it's basically a four-year deal with another fifth year on the end if Paul George wants to play there for a fifth year. Which means that Paul George essentially signed a five-year deal with, worth $176 million. That's basically what it is. Any other team does not have what is called Paul George's bird rights. Oklahoma City has Paul George's bird rights. And bird rights mean you can offer a little bit more. So any other team besides the Oklahoma City Thunder could only offer him a four-year deal worth $130 million. So Paul George got more money for staying in Oklahoma City. It's a $46 million difference. That's a lot of money. And I, mean, I, I can't blame him for that. Look, that's, that is wealth that will go on for years in your family if you treat it right. Paul George took the money. And right now, Paul George is 28 He's gotten hurt once before. I, I understand. Like, I get it. But here's what Paul George will miss out by staying with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Paul George now has no shot to win a championship. I, I, I go to Washington State University. I'm considering transferring to Montana State. If I stay at Washington State, there's no chance of me enjoying my classes. I, I don't want to be a journalist. I, I hate the classes I'm taking. I'm not learning anything. It sucks. If I go to Montana State, I may not like my classes, but at least there's hope. At least there's a chance I will like my classes. There's no chance at Washington State. And with Oklahoma City, there's no chance Paul George is going to win a championship. No chance. We, we saw the best thing the Oklahoma City Thunder have to offer last year. They lost in six games to the Utah Jazz in the first round of the playoffs. They lost to a rookie in the playoffs. That's no good. No shot to win a championship. And in LA, Paul George could have had a chance. Maybe not a great one, but if you play with LeBron, if you play in LA, you always have a chance. With LeBron James, you always have a chance. With Russell Westbrook, he's proven himself time and time again. Eh, what can he really do? The other thing that Paul George is missing out by staying in Oklahoma City and not going to the Lakers is he's missing out on his hometown of Los Angeles. Los Angeles has a lot to offer. If he wants to build his brand, LA is a better place for Paul George. Let me ask, does anybody in China know where Oklahoma City is? Probably not. Likely, probably not. Maybe they do, but probably not. I guarantee someone in China knows where LA is. I, I guarantee, It's just the truth. A global city versus a regional city. Paul George's brand could have been bigger winning championships or competing for championships with the Lakers. So maybe he did miss out on $46 million, but could he have made it up? And endorsements and yada yada. I don't know. He certainly would have lost a lot in taxes, but he's missing out on an opportunity to build his brand by choosing Oklahoma City over LA. And let me ask you another question. Which star would you rather play with? You get to pick one. Would you rather play with Russell Westbrook 
a ball hog guy who who clearly does pad his stats. I don't I don't know how you argue that at this point. We've seen he goes after triple doubles. It's it's unarguable now. Would you rather play with Russell Westbrook or LeBron James, who last year carried his team to a championship? I would rather play with LeBron James. Not to mention, oh by the way, Lance Stevenson, Paul George's old buddy from Indiana, just signed with the Lakers. Paul George is missing out on a lot by staying in Oklahoma City and passing up a chance to play for the Lakers. It's just the truth. He he may he look he's getting paid to miss out on a lot. He's getting paid forty six million. I understand that, but Paul George is missing out on a lot by choosing Oklahoma City over LA. And it's funny everybody's talking about LeBron. I really think the story in this situation is that Paul George decided not to go to LA with LeBron. And I get it. Paul George took the money. But as I was watching Paul George in a nightclub, he, he's in LA, he's in Oklahoma City at Russell Westbrook's party. It seemed like a nightclub, standing on a stage, yelling at the crowd, I'm here to stay. And everyone just, it felt like the, the crowd is going, Paul George, we love you. And Paul George is like, this feels good. It feels good to be loved. But the truth is, Paul George bowed away from pressure. He's a hero in Oklahoma City, and he's done nothing in Oklahoma City. He lost in the first round of the playoffs. Oh, we signed a big deal. He stayed. Woo! We finally got a guy who stayed. That's because Oklahoma City's ego has been hurt over the years by losing star players. Especially Kevin Durant, they will never let go of that. It's just the truth. Nothing's a done deal till July 6th. Paul George could still bow out of this. Because uh, really all that Paul George has given Oklahoma City is a verbal agreement. But it seems to me that Paul George bowed away from pressure. He took the money rather than a chance to build his brand and win championships. He didn't appear to want the pressure of playing with LeBron James. That's how it looks to me. So where are we left? We have LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, the Lakers. How, do, how does that situation all work out? Because the Lakers did not get Paul George, I think it's it makes less sense to trade for Kawhi Leonard if you're the Lakers. It makes less sense for the Lakers to trade for Kawhi Leonard. Paul George, LeBron, they could have completed the trio with Kawhi Leonard. If you had Paul George and LeBron, it makes sense to go get Kawhi Leonard because you have a chance to win a championship. Without Paul George, the truth is the Lakers have less of a chance to win a championship next season than they would have if they had Paul George. Therefore, if I don't think I have a chance at a championship, even with Kawhi Leonard, I'm not going to trade young stars for him. Because you can wait a year and you're probably going to get him. Now, it's interesting. I People are comparing Paul George's situation with Indiana to Kawhi Leonard's situation with the Spurs. And I, I don't think it's similar. So Paul George was with the Indiana Pacers. He said, I hate it here. I want you to trade me to the Lakers. Well, he didn't go to the Lakers. He got traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And right now, Kawhi Leonard says, I hate where I'm at. I want you to trade me to the Lakers. Similar to similar to Paul George, but you got to realize with one year left on Paul George's deal, he was not in a place he hated. He was not in a place he didn't want to be. He got traded to Oklahoma City. They wooed him for a year. He liked it. You can't compare Paul George and Kawhi Leonard's situation because right now Kawhi Leonard is somewhere he doesn't want to be. The place Paul George didn't want to be was Indiana. He got traded to Oklahoma City, different situation. Kawhi Leonard is currently in the Spurs, with the Spurs in San Antonio. He doesn't want to be there. It's likely he goes to LA when his year is up, and it's unlikely that Popovich trades him away. I think it's, I just don't see a situation where 
Greg Popovich trades him away. The only situation I could see is that maybe Kawhi Leonard gets traded at the trade deadline to the Philadelphia 76ers. If they're close or pushing for a championship, they might say, you know what, screw it. We got to put all our chips on the table. We'll make a run this year. We might lose him, but it's worth it if we can win a championship. That makes sense to me. But you can't compare Paul George and Kawhi Leonard's situation with wanting to go to LA with their year left. There's no chance Kawhi Leonard stays with the Spurs. There was always a chance that Oklahoma City could... I didn't, I didn't think it was going to happen, but Paul George always had a chance to stay with Oklahoma City because he never said he hated it. He never said he wanted out of Oklahoma City. Paul George said he wanted out of the Pacers, out of Indiana. Kawhi Leonard says he wanted out of the Spurs. Paul George got out of Indiana. Kawhi Leonard is still stuck with the Spurs. So I just, I just think Kawhi Leonard is starting in a different place than Paul George was. The other last little nugget to pay attention to with LeBron James. there's Because there's, the truth is, I don't really care about LeBron. <laughs> I care about how does LeBron's decision affect everybody around him? How does it affect Kawhi? How does it affect Paul George? How does it affect the Warriors, the Cavaliers, the Rockets, everybody? The last little nugget to pay attention to when it comes to LeBron James is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant signed a one-year deal with the Warriors with a player option if he wants to stay for one more year. It's basically a one-year deal worth $30 million. But if Kevin Durant wants to stay one more year with the Golden State Warriors, he can. I want to ask you a a what-if question. What if Kevin Durant wins another championship with the Golden State Warriors? It's probably going to happen. It's very likely the Warriors will win another championship with Kevin Durant. But what if he wins a championship with the Warriors, then he opts out of his contract with the Warriors and goes to the Lakers? Because then what Kevin Durant could say is that LeBron James could never beat me when I was with the Warriors. And the only time that LeBron James is able to beat the Warriors is when he played with me. That's not true, I guess. But the truth is, if it's a power move for Kevin Durant. If LeBron couldn't win a championship, and then he did with Kevin Durant, what does that say about Kevin Durant? Does that help in the the valuable category with Kevin Durant? Does that help Kevin Durant's stock all time? It'd be interesting to me. I I think that makes sense to me. Another little tidbit uh, with Kevin Durant's deal that makes sense. Kevin Durant basically signed a one-year deal, again, with an option for another year, is Clay Thompson will be a free agent next offseason. And if Clay Thompson leaves San Francisco, the Bay Area, so could Kevin Durant. It's also worth noting, another thing to pay attention to, Clay Thompson's father played for the Lakers. So LeBron went to the Lakers and uh, awesome. But the truth is, to me, all that matters is how does LeBron James' decision affect everybody around him? I just, I don't know. I think that's interesting to me. LeBron James is the LeBron James is the son and everybody in the NBA revolves around him. Regardless of whether he's winning championships, it's the truth. I mean, Philadelphia is sad. The Rockets are concerned. The Warriors don't care, but only for one more year. Cleveland, I hope, just appreciates his service. And both LeBron fans and Lakers fans are coming together with excitement. They're happy. So once again, I say LeBron James is the son. And everybody in the NBA revolves around LeBron. All right. Man, we have good stuff ahead. I, uh, I'm excited. I've really, 
there's just, it's not a busy time of the year and I don't want to force it. I got a comment saying, Hey, don't force your show. And I really agree with that. If there's nothing to talk about, if I have nothing to say, why would I make a show? There's no reason for me to make a podcast. So, um, what we do have today, we're going to talk about Jameis Winston is I've been, I've been teasing this for a while. I've been really building up to this because I didn't want to be irresponsible. I wanted to be very responsible with the Jameis Winston story. We're going to talk about Jameis Winston in depth. I'm going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit. We're going to talk about Johnny Manziel. We're going to talk about the 2019 college quarterback class because it's very concerning and there's a couple reasons why. We're going to talk about the Seattle Mariners and, and I just think it's going to be a good show. Uh, also, I want to say congratulations to Baker Mayfield. I, people think I hate Baker Mayfield. I don't. I do not hate Baker Mayfield. I think he's got some trouble with decision making at times. But Baker Mayfield got engaged to his girlfriend this last weekend. Congratulations. That's awesome. I'm happy for him. Um, and, and I'm just glad this LeBron James nonsense is over. I, I'm so sick of what I was tired of is speculation. There's a new story about LeBron James. Not really. There's a, like one little hint of some guy thinks he has something in San Antonio. There's nothing. And until LeBron James made his decision, there was no news about LeBron James. And the speculation was killing me. I hated it. So remember, you can't subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, everywhere else you find podcasts. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting clips on YouTube. Tell your friends about this podcast. I love this show. It's my favorite thing in the world. I'm going to tell you guys a little secret. I watched a movie the other day called Leave No Trace. It's about people who are homeless, living in the woods in Oregon. And when my brother died, I, I was one of those people. I thought about doing something like that. I thought, what if I take a backpack and I just go? I just leave. And the thing that stops me from doing that, I struggle with depression. It's a thing I do. Um, and, and I really miss my younger brother when he died. And so, I still do to this day every night. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I The thing that keeps me grounded, the thing that keeps me here uh, is and from going kind of crazy is this podcast whether you're watching or not it it gives me a therapeutic feeling to talk out what I think about sports to share what I have and it's really my dream I want to be a radio host and if you like that dream if you support that dream if you like this podcast as much as I do please help me grow by telling your friends share this podcast this this with sh please tell your friends about this podcast share it with your friends tell your friends about it share it on Facebook Twitter Instagram whatever it is Help me follow my dream by telling your friends about this podcast. Okay. Um, water first. Always water. <clears throat> that was a fast 20 minutes. Oh, my goodness. I want to talk about Jameis Winston. So it's really easy for me to talk about things that happen on the field or, or on the court. Like if a guy misses a shot at the end of a game, easy to talk about. Or if a guy drops a bunch of passes, very easy to talk about. Even, even Baker Mayfield playing video games, easy, easy to criticize. But when it comes to a situation like Jameis Winston, I try to be more measured. I try to be very careful with my words. Careful, calculated even is probably a good word. Jameis Winston has been suspended for three games. And it's serious. It's a problem. And, and I think I should start this topic by saying this. I don't believe in Jameis Winston anymore. I don't trust Jameis Winston. I would not want Jameis Winston to be my quarterback. Here's why. And first, I guess I should set the tone, actually. Before I tell you why Jameis Winston got suspended, let me just say quarterbacks are held to a higher standard in the NFL. They're held to a higher standard than any position in sports. Quarterbacks are different. 
And regardless of the reason, your quarterback should never, ever be in trouble for conduct off the field. That's not what I want from my quarterback. Here's what happened with Jameis Winston. In Scottsdale, Arizona, on in March 2016, right around my birthday, a female Uber driver accused Jameis Winston of groping her. And the NFL has now come down. They've, they have, because of this and because of what happened in the situation, the NFL has suspended Jameis Winston for three games. And the language that the NFL used is very striking to me. It's very clear because usually what you do is you hear things like, Jameis Winston allegedly did this, or Jameis Winston, it's been reported that he did this. That is not the way the NFL spoke. The NFL is very clear about what happened. Let me read you word for word. The NFL said this. The NFL concluded that Winston violated the personal conduct policy by touching the Uber driver in an inappropriate and sexual manner without her consent, and that disciplinary action was necessary and appropriate. They did not say allegedly. They said Jameis Winston violated the personal conduct policy by touching the driver. Done. Done right there. I, I had written down a lot of speculation in my notes. I, you know, reportedly Jameis Winston didn't fight the suspension. And I thought maybe, you know, he saw Ezekiel Elliott fight it and he said, I can't win. I'm just going to, I'm just going to give up. I'm going to take a deal. No, it's pretty damning. Jameis Winston did it. <laughs> Jameis Winston did not fight his suspension because he did it. I mean, I, I don't know how you draw any other conclusion. It's pretty damning. And this is not the first or even the second time Jameis Winston has had off-the-field issues. This isn't even the second, third, or fourth time Jameis Winston has had consequences for his actions and his conduct. The first thing I remember is Jameis Winston in college stole crab legs. He stole crab legs, and it was like $30 worth. And this was pretty easily explained to me. I, I, I I could get past this one. If this was the only thing Jameis Winston had, fine, because people don't realize... Division one athletes get don't get as much money for food as people think. I have a couple of friends. They play division one football. They get like 750 bucks a month. Rent is 600. That only leaves $150 a month for food. Guys that work out every day trying to pack on protein, yada, yada. Uh, and it seems like Jameis Winston with the crab legs had a handshake deal with one employee and another employee ratted him out. A guy that wasn't in on it. But the crab legs is not where it ends. Jameis Winston has a bad bad list stealing crab legs that's the first thing i remember but then on november 25th 2012 Jameis winston got into a bb gun fight which had about it left about four thousand dollars worth of damage and they almost sued Jameis winston but Jameis winston said he'd pay for it move on july 21st 2013 Jameis winston would not pay for a soda and so we got a water cup kept filling it with cola basically and he, I, we've all done that. I did that when I was 11. I've never done that as an adult. Jameis Winston did that as an adult. Not cool. The next thing was September 16, 2014. Jameis Winston yelled profanity on a table. If you remember, it was a meme going around. Blank or bl- I'm not going to go there, but profanity. But here's the one I can't get past. The next thing is the thing that I cannot get past with Jameis Winston. While Jameis Winston attended Florida State University, he was accused of rape. This is now... Not the first time Jameis Winston has had a run-in with a woman. And that that one I, I can't stand for. All of that, and now this, I'm out. I'm done. Jameis Winston already was not consistent on the field. And clearly, I can't rely on Jameis Winston off the field either.
Immaturity keeps rearing its head over and over again. Jameis Winston is immature. And, and I always say I hold my quarterbacks to a higher standard. But the, the truth of the matter is it doesn't matter what position Jameis Winston plays. If you have incidents with women, especially repeatedly, I can't. No, 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 no. I was already uncomfortable with Jameis Winston. Now I'm done. Now I'm, I'm out. You just can't have that. I am out on Jameis Winston. If Jameis Winston was a stock, I sold all of it. Jameis Winston is not a role model. Jameis Winston is not reliable. I repeat, I do not believe in Jameis Winston. I do not trust Jameis Winston, and I would not want Jameis Winston to be my quarterback. I would not have it. You know, it's, it's worth noting, we'll see where Jameis Winston is at in three years. I don't root against people. I, I hope that whatever Jameis Winston has going on, he can figure it out. I hope he can solve his issues off the field. I hope he changes as a person. But I, I, can't, I can't root for him. I mean, it's so bad that the Buccaneers may cut Jameis Winston. They may not even bring him back. Oh, man. And, and I might add, the Buccaneers are in a bad place. Because if you look at the 2019 draft class, it's, it's really not good. And the Buccaneers knew his issues when they brought him in. When the Buccaneers drafted Jameis Winston, they knew his issues. And they took a gamble, and it appears that the Buccaneers lost in the gamble. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. They backfired on them. But I'm done with Jameis Winston. Let me reiterate one more time. I do not believe in Jameis Winston. I don't trust Jameis Winston, and I would not want Jameis Winston to be my quarterback. Nope. I'm out. I'm done. It's one thing to criticize a guy for playing video. Baker Mayfield. I can criticize him for playing video games. Or if you, if you have a bad completion percentage, that's another thing. When you have off-the-field conduct issues as a quarterback, especially relating to women, nope. And not, not only is this a one-time thing, repeatedly over and over and over again, I do not want Jameis Winston as my quarterback. I'm out. I'm done. I sold all my stock. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I have to say. I, I just am, I'm done with Jameis Winston. So I talked about the draft class. Next year's NFL draft class, the 2019 NFL draft class is a bad, bad draft class for quarterbacks. It's, it's a nightmare. It doesn't look good. I mean, scouts are concerned. I've read it everywhere. I agree, by the way. I don't think next year's draft class is a good one. It's not great. My, my top two quarterbacks in next year's draft class are Drew Locke, the quarterback from Missouri, and Will Greer, the quarterback from West Virginia. I prefer Drew Locke. I, I really like Drew Locke. I don't love him. I don't think he's the number one pick, but I, I think he's the best quarterback in, the, in next year's draft class. He's made some throws that I go, that's an NFL throw. At the very least, he makes NFL throws. Now, Will Greer is a close second. Uh, he does have some concerns. I mean, he's only got one year under his belt. Um, but I'm really not very excited about either Drew Locke and Will Greer, and they're my number one and number two quarterbacks in next year's draft class. I mean, let alone, let me explain how bad it is. Nick Fitzgerald is a top 10 on most lists. And, and the lists for top 10 quarterbacks in next year's draft class, I keep seeing the name Nick Fitzgerald. Nick Fitzgerald is a run-first quarterback out of Mississippi State. He might be a tight end in the NFL. That's how bad next year's draft class is. Not to mention Shea Patterson. Shea Patterson is a guy, he'll play for Michigan this year. He'll probably have a good year. He might even win the Heisman. He might have a fantastic year. 
but he's a college quarterback. He does not have the arm strength or the accuracy to be a great NFL quarterback. My opinion, I've watched him throw a lot, even live. I don't have a lot of faith in Shea Patterson. There are some guys to watch. Here are guys to pay attention to in next year's NFL draft class. So this year, when you're watching college football, obviously watch Drew Locke from Mizzou. Watch Will Greer from West Virginia. They're the top two. Pay attention to Shea Patterson and pay attention to Jarrett Stidham from Auburn. That's it. One, two, three, four. Four quarterbacks that could be top picks in the NFL draft class, but not really. I don't feel great about them. They're just the guys to pay attention to. There are some other people that I'm told to pay attention to that I don't really know much about. There's two guys I don't know much about. I don't know much about Jake Bentley from South Carolina. I don't know much about Ryan Finley from North Carolina State. But I'm told they're great. I don't know much about them. Here's a guy I do know something about that is not an NFL quarterback. Trace McSorley is the Penn State quarterback. He does not have an NFL arm. I hate it. You might be angry. I understand. But I'm telling you now, Trace McSorley is not an NFL level quarterback. Hate me for it. Be angry all you want. That's cold, hard truth. Um, now, the other interesting part of this is that the 2019 draft class is not just concerning. And, and I'm not basing this off nothing. There have been years where there is not a single quarterback in a draft class. I want to re-examine the 2007 NFL draft. There were, I don't know how many quarterbacks. I wrote it down somewhere. I don't have it here. But there was not a single quarterback in the 2007 draft class that became a successful quarterback. Not one. The Let me tell you this. The best quarterback from the 2007 draft class is Drew Stanton. Drew Stanton has 20 touchdowns and 24 interceptions in his career. Here are some of the names from the 2007 NFL draft class. Jamarcus Russell, Brady Quinn, Kevin Cobb, John Beck, Troy Smith, Tyler Thigpen. Here, I got a whole list here. There are names that you've never, Isaiah Stanback, names you've never heard of, names you don't care about. Here's the whole list. Trent Edwards. He had a couple, a year or two that was good. John Beck, Jeff Rowe, Troy Smith. Young kids probably don't even know who Troy Smith is. Jordan Palmer, Tyler Thigpen, Kevin Cobb. That's none of those guys were any good. Those are all the quarterbacks that were drafted in that draft class. Jamarcus Russell is the number one pick. It's not good. Maybe actually the quarterback that's had the most impact from the 2007 draft class is. Jordan Palmer, because he trains all the young quarterbacks. Now he's become a quarterback coach. But 2007 did not have a single franchise quarterback. And it's very possible that the 2019 draft class could be the same. It's very possible that the 2019 draft class does not have a single franchise quarterback. Part of that is because there's not a lot of talent. And the reason for that is because, look, Sam Darnold left early. Josh Rosen could have stayed another year. A lot of guys left a year before they had to, and so that means that the following years are going to be really thin. And if I'm a Giants fan, if I'm a Buccaneers fan, uh, so the Buccaneers, Ryan Fitzpatrick is effectively your starting quarterback, and Eli Manning is an old man, and I don't think he's going to be around much longer. And so if you're a Giants fan, if you're a Buccaneers fan, if you're any fan of an NFL team, betting on next year's draft class to get yourself a quarterback you should not. You should be very concerned. There's not a great quarterback in next year's draft class. And, and I really hope you're back up. If you're the Giants, I hope Davis Webb can play. 
I hope Ryan Fitzpatrick is a franchise quarterback for the Buccaneers because otherwise they are in big, big trouble. They're back where they were before they drafted Jameis Winston because there's not there's not a lot coming in the coming years. There's not a single great quarterback possibly next year. That's worth noting. That's something I'm going to follow all college football season. I'm going to pay attention. If Drew Locke, I, I hope Drew Locke is the next great NFL franchise quarterback. I do. I don't buy it. I don't buy Will Greer. I hope I'm wrong. I'm going to watch him very closely, but I, I am very concerned about next year's quarterback draft class. Okay. We're going to touch on Johnny Manziel. Uh, the Johnny Manziel story is effectively dead. I'm not going to talk about Johnny Manziel again the rest of this summer unless he actually plays in a football game or unless something changes. If he gets traded or you know something if something happens, I'll talk about Johnny Manziel. But three games into the Canadian Football League regular season, Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel still has not played a single down. He still hasn't played any quarterback in the regular season. And in the third game of Johnny Manziel's Season the Hamilton Tiger Cats, his team won 31 to 17. Jeremiah Masoli, the starting quarterback, had a great, great game. Jeremiah Masoli was 31 for 41, that's 75.6% passing, 369 yards, one touchdown, one interception. It's firmly, firmly stated Johnny Manziel is a backup. And so the Johnny Manziel story, the comeback story, is effectively dead. Like, I, I really wanted Johnny Manziel to succeed. And I I think he still will. I don't think that it's over for Johnny Menzel, but the truth is Jeremiah Masoli is not a bad quarterback. He is probably going to move up to the NFL. And so Johnny Menzel may not play at all this year. He's got a two-year contract. I don't think it's bad. I think that if you watch, there is something to be gained by Johnny Menzel not playing. And that's this Johnny Menzel will probably be a backup in the NFL. And if you're an NFL team right now, you're just watching to see how does Johnny Manziel behave off the field? Is he a a good backup? Can he handle not playing? Is he going out and partying? Is he staying? Is he keeping? Is he minding his P's and Q's off the field? And I think there is some value for an NFL team to watch. How does Johnny Manziel respond to being a backup? It matters. It does. And so even though Johnny Manziel isn't playing, I think there's still some valuable stuff for Johnny Manziel to display. For him to show he can be a, an adult off the field. For him to show he can handle being a backup. And he, for him to prepare. Because if Jeremiah Masoli gets hurt. And if Jeremiah, if Johnny Menzel's ready. That says a lot. And that would be very encouraging if I'm an NFL general manager. So right now the comeback story's dead. But if anything changes. I promise I will bring it to you guys. I'll talk to you guys about it. I'll follow it. But I'm not going to waste your time every week with nothing. Because right now Johnny Menzel is doing absolutely nothing that is noteworthy and the comeback story is slowing to a crawl it may pick up next year hopefully it does but as of right now there's nothing to talk about when it relates to Johnny Menzel all we have to talk about is Jeremiah Masoli being successful above him so I'm done with Johnny Menzel until Johnny Menzel does another thing noteworthy I really hope that doesn't mean he gets amped up on drugs and runs away to Vegas (laughs) I don't think he will uh, and I'm rooting for Johnny Menzel But right now, there's nothing to talk about, and I'm not going to do it at all this summer until he does something noteworthy. Okay. Um, Two stories left I want to talk about. I want to talk about jersey sales in the NFL because I think it's interesting, 
and there's not a lot else going on. So Saquon Barkley is the highest pay, uh, highest bought jersey sale. Uh, sale. Blah, blah, blah. I can't even talk. So I'm going to restart that. Saquon Barkley is the highest grossing jersey sold in the NFL. Saquon Barkley jerseys have sold more this offseason than any other jersey in the NFL. That's cool for Giants fans. I'm happy. I think Saquon Barkley will be a star. I still would have picked Sam Darnold. But hey, awesome for you guys. You guys got a great running back. He'll be a great running back for years and years. I heard a story about Saquon Barkley, by the way. He's living off of all his endorsements. He is not spending a dime of his salary. Hey, man, if you can do that, that's awesome. That's the way to be. I had a conversation with my best friend's dad about that. And he uh, said, if you can do that in your life ever, do that because that's amazing. I, I probably will never be in that situation. But hey, man, Saquon Barkley, responsible. I tip my hat. That's really cool. The second highest bought jersey this year as of right now is Jimmy Garoppolo, actually. Jimmy Garoppolo has passed Tom Brady. Jimmy Garoppolo is the second highest sold jersey right now in the NFL. Second most bought, I guess, is the word in the NFL. That's that's really cool. And what that is, is part of that, part of the reason why Jimmy Garoppolo passed Tom Brady is I really just think, I mean, if you're in New England, you've bought, if you're in Massachusetts, if you're in Boston, everybody in that area has a Tom Brady jersey. I don't know how he's still fourth on the list because how, who is buying a Tom Brady jersey in 2018? How do you not already have one if you're a Tom Brady fan? I don't know. But the other reason why Jimmy Garoppolo's jersey is selling so well is 49ers fans are just an awesome passionate group of fans that clearly is just desperate for a star. And I really hope I, I it's a rabid fan base. I love watching 49. The 49ers fans have given me a lot of love and I want to give them some love back, man. They are fantastic. I've never seen a group of people rally around someone the way that 49ers fans are with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, people are excited. They want a star. They want another Joe Montana. And I really hope that Jimmy Garoppolo delivers. I think it's more likely that Jimmy Garoppolo does deliver. I, I believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's the next big deal in the NFL. And uh, I, I just, man, I'm so excited for 49ers fans. They are showing their love. They're going out. They're buying Jimmy Garoppolo jerseys. I think it's really cool. And I applaud them. Another notable thing about jersey sales is that Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott are the number nine most sold jersey and the number 10 most sold jersey. Dak is ahead of Ezekiel Elliott. Interesting. I mean, Dallas fans, I went to Dallas earlier this year. Man, I, I will say this. I've never been in a state or in a region that cares more about sports than Texas. <laughs> it, it is unlike anything you've ever seen. They're, from their stadium to Dallas Cowboys stickers on literally every single car to everything seems to revolve around the Cowboys. I'm actually surprised. It's not surprising they have two players in the top 10. It's surprising to me that they're so low on the list, to be honest. It's surprising to me that they're 9 and 10. I would think they might even be higher because they are just rabid about football in Texas. Sam Darnold is number seven. Good for Jets fans. Baker Mayfield is the number five most sold jersey. Good for Browns fans. Excited for them. Another two more interesting tidbits, though, is that Nick Foles and Carson Wentz are both in the top 10. Carson Wentz is third. Nick Foles is sixth. That's weird. <laughs> that's that's bizarre. And that's I've never seen a, a franchise that has had two quarterbacks in the top 10 for jersey sales. That never happens. That's bizarre. I, I guess we've never seen a team like the Eagles that can lose their starting quarterback and have their backup quarterback, the Super Bowl MVP. That just doesn't happen very often, let alone that he sticks around and isn't traded somewhere. So uh, interesting. Last thing I want to say, I know jersey sales aren't particularly exciting, 
But Marcus Mariota is the number eight highest jersey uh, jersey sold in the NFL. It's kind of funny. First of all, that's he's number eight, and his number is also ironically number eight. But everybody from Hawaii that I know owns a, a Marcus Mariota jersey. And I don't think that this number will change anytime soon. I think Marcus Mariota is firmly in the top 10 and will be for a long time, partially because I live in Oregon and everybody I know owns a Marcus Mariota jersey because that's where Marcus Mariota played college. I'm a little bit skewed, but I do think that Marcus Mariota is here to stay because of his heritage with Hawaii. Those people, they, I don't want to say those people, that's not what I mean, obviously, but Hawaiians support their guys and I think Marcus Mariota will be in the top 10 for years and years to come. The last thing I want to talk about. Uh, Seattle Mariners. Drink some water first, man. I, I'm i discouraged about the Mariners, which is a weird thing to say given they're winning, but we'll talk about it in a minute. As of right now, as of the moment I speak... The Seattle Mariners have the fourth best record in baseball. They are 54 and 31. They are half of a game back behind the Houston Astros in their division. The Astros are 55 and 31. And the Mariners are on a seven game winning streak as of right now. Tonight they play at seven o'clock. We'll see if that changes. But even though the Mariners are having a ton of success, I have no faith. I, I have zero faith. I will believe it when I see it. I have a theory that because of the positioning in the country, the Mariners simply cannot be a successful baseball team. If you're not aware, the Mariners have the longest running playoff drought in the four major sports in America. Between the NHL, baseball, basketball, football, the Seattle Mariners have the longest running playoff drought. I've been alive for 21 years. I've never been alive at the same time the Mariners were in the playoffs. They have never been in the playoffs while I have been living on this planet. And here's a big reason. I think the Mariners fly more than any other team in baseball. They travel more than any other team in baseball. Here's some stuff for you. First off, the Mariners are the most isolated team in baseball. It is 677 miles from Safeco Field in Seattle till you get to the next stadium in baseball next closest stadium in baseball that is more isolated than any other baseball stadium in america it's also interesting that in 2017 for example the mariners flew the third most miles in the entire major leagues they flew 4000 uh 45,129 miles that was third to only the oakland a's and the angels and it's worth noting so teams in the middle of the country fly about on average around 25,000 miles a year and East Coast teams, because of the close proximity in the East Coast, fly about in the low 30,000s. West Coast teams fly the most. And again, remember, Seattle is the most remote place in Major League Baseball. And I just think the travel wears them down. If it's up to me, my, my prediction is that the Mariners will wilt towards the end of the season. They fly more than anybody else. They're the most isolated team in baseball and I have no faith I think flying is exhausting I think traveling is exhausting I have no faith even though the Mariners are incredibly successful I'm curious if my theory is right can the Mariners ever win because I think they travel they simply travel too much we'll see time will tell I might be wrong I hope they make the playoffs I'm not a Mariners fan anymore I gave up on them but it would be cool to see them be successful however I have very little faith because every 
single year. They taper off at the end. And I think it might happen again this year. A story to watch, a story to be interested in. I'm interested in, will the Mariners wilt at the end of the season because they travel too much? Or will they keep it up and make the playoffs? Time will tell. They have the fourth best record in baseball. The odds are against me. I'm probably more than likely wrong. But we shall see. Currently, I have no faith in the Mariners. All right. That's my show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, A shorter show today. Let's be honest. I only talk about things that matter. There's not a lot of things that matter right now in sports. I will be back. I'll do another show later this week, probably on Thursday. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. I love doing the show. It's my favorite thing in the world. And I will talk to you guys on probably Thursday. Thank you so much. Remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube as well as my best most interesting clips. Tell your friends about this podcast. Share it with your friends on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever it is. Help me grow strong opinion sports by telling your friends about this show. But um bum bam, we are done. Bye.